Welcome back, everyone, to a Mindset Medicine podcast. I'm Catherine Lucadu. I'm a broker, I'm an owner, I'm a coach, and I'm a speaker. And I'm so glad that you are with me again this week. We are going to be talking about changing the relationship we have between fear and failure. And I call it a relationship because I do believe from a very young age that we create ideas and we have beliefs around fear, rejection, challenges, how we deal with very tough circumstances, trauma, tragedy. We develop stories from when we're young and we do that because we need to cope. And so this week, I want to talk about changing that relationship, changing how we see things. And I think the best way to start is to talk about seasons and to talk about business. And then I'm going to lead it into how we can learn to cope and come out the other end really strong and really, um, you know, like warriors, right? How do you come out on top? After everything you've been through, business, personal, emotional, physical, all of the above. So let's get started. There are four seasons, right? We know that. We have uh, spring, summer, fall, and winter. So the spring season is when we are optimistic. Things are going well. We, we feel this urge to grow and create and innovate. That's spring. After spring comes summer. Once we've thought about all of these things that we want to implement, now we have to do the hard work. So the summer season, when we talk about work and life, is when we feel like we're working and working and working and we see no return. Do any of you feel like that these days? You're spinning your wheels and it feels like nothing's happening. It's not going anywhere. Am I ever going to see results from everything that I'm doing? That's the summer season. What comes after summer is fall. The fall season, you know, much like 2021, for those of you in real estate, everything started to come easy. It started to come to you. You're attracting business. You were attracting success. You were attracting people toward you. That's the fall season. So we just moved out of the fall season. And now after fall comes winter. And what do we know about winter? We know that winter is the time where a lot of people will pull back. They begin to freak out. They begin to worry. Fear raises its head because we have that feeling of uncertainty. We have the feeling of unknown. What's ahead? I don't know how things are going to turn out. I don't know if we're going to be okay. Economically speaking, it looks like everything in the world is falling apart. That's the winter season. And it is the season when typically recessions and depressions will happen. But here's what's interesting. Did you know that of the top Fortune 1000 companies of the world, 65% of them were built during a recession or a depression, a winter season, 65% of them. So companies like CNN, FedEx, Disney, and countless other ones 
were all built during the winter season because what they did was they changed the story. They changed the narrative of how they looked at that season because what comes after winter? Spring. And if you can continually tell yourself that and remind yourself that after winter comes spring, that is where your outlook will begin to change. If you do well through a winter season, you will do well forever. If you build a company during a winter season, that company will survive through any other season. If you have rebuilt yourself after loss, after tragedy, after trauma, after challenging, challenging situations, you will survive any other situation after that, no matter how difficult it may seem. So let's take a look, right? Let's, let's really dive into some of these seasons where we really didn't know how we were going to get through them. And I think I'd like to start with 2020. It was a very unusual year for most people. Things were shut down, not in all states, not in all provinces in Canada, but in most places. Things were beginning to get shut down and the unknown was ahead. So I'll tell you an interesting story. And this is where we learn. And when you can learn through tough times, you can literally get through almost anything else after that. So winter of 2019 was still a very good, strong year in the real estate business. And I know for myself, I'm always looking to move to the next level. How can I increase my growth? How can I increase my productivity, my output? How can I help the productivity? I owned a brokerage then. How do I help increase the productivity of the agents? So I had been reading a lot of books, business books. And what I was reading is they said, you need to be doing webinars. I thought webinar, I've never done a webinar before. I'm going to teach people over the computer. I was used to going to brokerages and speaking. I was used to uh, speaking for a real estate board or going to a conference and speaking on a stage. But you want me to teach, and I've been teaching for 26 years in a classroom in front of people. You can see the faces. You can feel their energy in the room. You can't feel that through a screen. So I'm reading these books and they're saying, no, you've, you've got to do a webinar. It's the way of the future. So I'm looking up these different platforms for webinars and I come across Zoom. I had never heard of it before. It was a pre- pretty reasonable price at the end of the month to have 100 people watch something that you do. I was so scared. Winter 2019, I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to teach a class on social media 101 for people who just aren't really sure if they're using Facebook properly or Instagram properly. And I'm going to do it on a webinar. I don't know if anyone's going to show up, but I'm going to put it out there on Facebook and let's see. My very first webinar, 2019 winter, I had 150 people sign up for it. So now you get to the next stage of of worry because, oh my God, like what if I don't use this platform properly? So I I do my, my, you know, get my slideshow ready and I upload it and I'm ready to go. So that evening, I just said in my mind, I said to myself, okay, Catherine, this is not unlike 
any other talk. It's just that you're going to talk to the computer screen and you're going to make sure that you look at the camera and you're not going to look at the screen because I'll tell you, one of my pet peeves is when I see people, when their eyes are in the wrong place, you know, when you, when you're doing a video, I always want to look people in the eye. So if you're watching this right now, I'm not looking at my screen. I'm looking at the camera because I want you to see me seeing you. The webinar went amazingly. I got off. I must have sweated buckets because I was so nervous doing something new. What I did not know was that four months later, the world would be shut down. And the only way we were going to be able to communicate other than a phone call or FaceTime on our phones was through Zoom. So it's interesting how that happens, isn't it? Where life, the universe, God, they, it almost prepares us for these situations that we are about to encounter. So I thought that was really interesting. And I'll give you a few more. So those of you who have listened to this podcast before, I was living in Europe and I was there for about 18 years. So when I talk about fear, failure, and rejection, I cannot even tell you the number of times that I have felt fearful, I have felt challenged, I have felt rejected. When you move to a foreign country and you don't know the language, <laughs> it's fearful. Let me tell you, you don't know what people are even saying about you. They're literally looking at you speaking or looking at someone else speaking who are both looking at you and you don't know what they're saying. So I went through a lot of rejection there because I would be applying to schools and colleges uh, to teach. And, I, you know, the things that I heard were, oh, here's a funny one. So I applied to a private school and everything in Europe is pretty much British based English and I am Canadian. So I would apply. And I remember one school, they had a panel of 12 deans who were going to be interviewing me at the same time. So I arrive at this interview and it's, it's almost like you're, you're in front of the grand jury, really. So these 12 people are sitting across from me at this desk and I sit down, you know, Canadian girl in a new foreign country. I've only been there a year. And uh, so these people are sitting there and they're asking me questions and I'm answering them and they're looking at each other. And I'm just thinking to myself, why are they looking at each other? So the person who I guess was in charge of this panel, he says to me, we find your English very endearing, but you don't use the same language as we do. And I thought, what are you talking about? I'm speaking English like you are, but I wasn't using British words. So he said, you know, I do believe that you are qualified to teach here. We'll have to see how things go. So let's fast forward, okay? So we're going to fast forward four months. This same dean uh, or headmaster of the school decides he's going to come into my classroom and he is going to grade my teaching. So of course, once again, I'm fearful, I'm nervous. I've been learning British words, right? So for example, 
in uh, Canadian American English, we use the word diaper. In British English, they use the word nappy. And this goes on and on. If we say the word pants, right, in North America, we mean, you know, pants, like jeans, pants, trousers. Over there, pants means underwear. So I had to learn this very quickly if I was going to be able to assimilate into teaching at this school. So he comes in and he, he, he sits there. I'm freaking out because, you know, the headmaster of the school is watching me, grading me, teach a class. And at the very end of the class, he said, you know, you are very, very good at what you do. However, and I thought, oh, no, here it comes. He said to me, I believe the students, and now imagine this is a very proper British accent. He said, I believe the students understand you because of the American sitcoms they watch on television. <laughs> so anyways, what I had to learn from that is that the story in my head could have taken that comment two ways, right? I can either, one, take it as an insult because I'm not speaking proper British English, or I could just take it as, listen, I'm obviously not British. And if you believe that my English came from an American sitcom, well, that's on you, not on me. I'm very well educated and we just use different vocabulary. That's all. So moral of the story is, right? It's the stories we tell ourselves. It's the way that we spin that story in our mind that we are either going to accept it as something positive or something negative. Same thing with the situation that we get into. We will either be destroyed, frustrated, um, overwhelmed. We will feel defeated when we get into a situation, or we can look at it another way. We need to change the relationship that we have with challenge and rejection and tough times or failure. And so here I would like to, you know, let's, let's look into that a little bit more. What is the very first thought that you have when you get into a challenging situation? What does that look like? If something, you know, someone says something to you that's negative, or maybe they don't even have to say it, but you feel it. Let's go into business a little bit. What if you walk into a listing presentation and you are explaining your value to people? You're talking about their home. You're explaining the process of what you go through. And you feel as though they are judging you or looking at you, which they are. They're interviewing you. Their entire value of their home is basically sitting in your hands and they're trying to decide if they trust you enough to sell their home. So as you sit there and you are discussing, you know, again, your value proposition, what it is that you're going to do, the process and everything, you walk out, another agent comes in behind you, you go home, you get to your, or even just get to your car. Do you start beating yourself up? Do you start saying to yourself, oh, I don't think that went very well. I think I did this wrong, or I shouldn't have said this, or I shouldn't have said that. Maybe I don't have what it takes. Or maybe they call you with feedback and they say, you know, I'm sorry, you didn't get the listing. Uh, thank you very much for your time. If that begins to happen, or if that has happened, here's what I'd like you to do. First of all, I'd like you to ask for feedback. Ask them, 
would you mind letting me know? What is it? Why is it that you didn't choose me? Why is it that you went with the other agent? Where do you feel like I could improve? That's not an easy thing to do, is it? It is not easy to ask someone to tell you where you fell short so that you can improve. But I'll promise you something. If you can get over the stories in your head of feeling rejected, and you can go and ask that person, where was it that I could have improved my presentation so that I could make it better the next time? They will tell you. And then use that information to grow from and to become better rather than the story you're telling yourself, which may have taken you back to childhood of feeling rejected, of feeling like you failed. Tell yourself a new story. The people who succeed the most are the people who have been through the most challenges in life and overcame them. The people who succeed most in life had the most failures and have been rejected the most and came out the other side. So I want you to remember that is that if you are striving for success, if you are striving to become the very best version of yourself, you must fail. You must have challenges. You must feel pain because it is through those things that you get out the other side, right? The image of a dark tunnel. You must go through the dark tunnel to see the light on the other side. It's just how life goes. The problem is that so many people give up halfway through the tunnel and they don't realize that the light was just a few feet away. It's faint, but it's there. You just have to keep moving forward. I heard this really great, let's call it mindset today. And I'm going to, I'm going to let you know what that is. So every time you feel like you have failed or you feel like you have been rejected, I want you to think like this. I want you to think that God is speaking to you. And if you don't believe in God, then the universe is speaking to you. Someone of a higher power is speaking to you. And here is what they're telling you. You weren't rejected. I hid your value from them because they weren't a part of your destiny. I'm going to say that again. You were not rejected. I hid your value from them because they weren't a part of your destiny. Say that to yourself. Whenever you feel like you are a failure, you don't measure up. You are in a challenging situation that you don't feel like you can get through. Someone has said something to you and has made you feel more insignificant than you really are. Say that to yourself. Rejection is God's protection. I want you to write a new definition for yourself about rejection and failure and fear. When I started doing video eight years ago, I'll tell you, I was very, very fearful. And I was more fearful about the feedback that I was going to get from other people than actually recording the video. I was so concerned about 
well, are they going to notice my hair? Uh, are they going to notice something on my face? What if people don't like my voice? What if uh, I have a few pounds overweight? What if what and the list? Oh, my God, the list was so long. But here's what I did. I recorded the first video, then I recorded the second one, and I recorded the third one. And I'm going to tell you a little story. By probably the fifth or the sixth video, so I'm about three months in, I get this message on Facebook. And this person says to me, so now you have to remember, seven, eight years ago, there were very few people who were putting videos on Facebook, especially real estate agents. So he sent me a message and he said, you know, your, your quality of your videos is very bad. Your lighting is very bad and your content is good, but it just doesn't look very good. So guess what happened? I took a step back and I stopped doing video for one month. I had been doing it weekly and even, and, and bi-weekly because I had all of these deadlines that I wanted to meet. You know, I was going to do a market update this week and I was going to do a, a listing you know, video this week, but I stopped. I let this person get into my head and I translated what he said as an insult. I took it that I was being rejected. I took it as I had failed at doing video. And here's what happened. So one month, one month I had the, the pity party. Oh my God, I can't do video anymore. People think it's crap. Well, people did not think it was crap. One person commented. Now, this person was also a videographer. So sometimes you have to look at where the feedback is coming from. And is there an ulterior motive? At the very bottom of his message, he said, if you would like a better quality video, maybe you should call me. So I thought to myself, the best way to get new clients is definitely not to tell them how terrible they are. <laughs> let's let's put it that way. So, right. So maybe even if you take nothing else from today's video, if you're looking for a client, don't go and tell them how terrible what they're doing is, because that's really not going to endear them to work with you. That came at month three. I decided after that month of my pity party, I was going to go back. And I'm just going to keep doing video. And I said, to hell with it. I'm going to keep going. Kept doing video, kept doing video, kept doing video. Guess what happened? Month nine. Month nine, I get another message from that particular person. And do you know what he said? I really love your videos and the quality has improved. What I'm doing right now is I'm holding up my phone because my phone did not change. The videographer, which was me and a tripod, did not change. The only thing changed was his perception of what he now saw. Had I given up my doing video because of something one person said to me that made me feel bad and rejected, then I would never have been able to fast forward to month nine when he came back and said, Oh, what you do is really good. Now, it's not that I needed to hear that. But the problem is that we give up too quickly 
The moment we hear something negative, the moment we feel like we're being rejected, the moment we feel like we're in failure, we just give up because of the story in our minds. So I want you to change that story today. And I want you to feel that you have the power within you. And if you want to change what you're doing, then you go ahead and change it. I want you to take back control of your thoughts and don't allow other people's opinions to fog the true nature of your belief in yourself. Because you are born with belief in yourself, but we lose it as we start listening to people and their opinions and comments and so on all throughout life. And I'll tell you, I've done it. I've done it as recently as, you know, a few weeks ago. But here's the thing. You have to make the decision that the power in you is enough and you are worthy. Just change the relationship that you have with fear, failure and rejection. Change the story you have in your mind when you hear something that triggers that feeling of fear and rejection. If you can change the story and see it for what it really is, because I'll tell you, when you feel fear, rejection, what's actually behind it is not exactly what you think it is. And I know that sounds a little cryptic, but if you start seeing things and people for who they really are, all of these things will affect you less. So I'm going to leave you with this today. What is one thought that you are going to change today about fear, failure? Maybe it's it's how you look at your body. Maybe it's how you look at a relationship. Maybe it's a relationship you have with a parent that hasn't gone well in the past. Maybe you can just look at it for what it is, look at people for who they are and just say, that's not going to affect me. I have my own story and go back to this one sentence I said to you, imagine God is speaking to you or the universe and they say, you were not rejected. I hid your value from them because they were not a part of your destiny. Thank you for tuning in this week. I hope you have found this helpful and uh, leave a review, share it with a friend if you found it helpful and I'll see you again next week.